I'm going to pretend like we are all in my living room and I'm snuggled up on my couch with my cup of coffee. I brought my favorite mug and we're visiting because that's my comfy place. I would love to, um, would love to have you all over to all over to my living room and just chat it up. So I'm just going to pretend like I have a hundred of my closest friends in my living room and we're sipping on coffee and just shooting the breeze. Does that sound good? Okay, um, I'm Mandy Cisco, and I know a whole, whole bunch of you for my coffee. See? It's a side table. It's good. Thank you. Um, I'm Mandy Cisco, and I, get, I know a bunch of you guys. I get to be at the Nest a lot, and this is my first time to get to speak, and I'm real excited to share with um, what the Lord's been teaching me. But I um, wanted to tell you a little bit about myself. I just took on a new role on Nest Leadership. It's called the 412 Director, just going off Ephesians 412, talking about equipping the saints, and um, so that's y'all. I get, I get the privilege of trying to make sure that you guys are well-equipped for what you're doing and that our leadership team is well-equipped for what they're doing. I get to partner in my crazy life. Hi, Angela. I get to partner in my crazy life with um, my husband, Lance, and he's on staff here at Watermark. He does young marrieds, and um, we get to have a lot of fun with foundation groups and the leaders that lead those, and that's really fun, too. He's definitely my better half. And that's the, when I speak, I speak with him. So that's why I'm really uncomfortable and I don't know what to do with my hands or um, anything like that because he usually gets to carry all the funny and, you know, lighten the, lighten the crowd up and stuff. I don't have him here, so um, I'll do my best. I'll, I'll try to make him proud. Um, we have four kiddos. We got their picture up here. Our oldest is nine. Her name's Allie. We call her our CEO because she is in charge and... <laughs> She organizes everything and makes sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then she had three crazy brothers after her. Caleb is eight. They're only 13 months apart. So we started our chaos quickly. Um, He is our dreamer, Lego maniac, builds everything. And he always asks, what if? And it's always something like, I don't get those kind of questions. I'm like, I don't know, buddy. That's weird. (laughs) And... uh, But Lance loves that, and he loves that he dreams like that. Um, Silly guy in the middle there is number three. His name's Riley, and he is, we call him our fireball. He is passionate and super intense, and Lance likes to say he will either change the world for the Lord or he will end up in prison. So... (laughs) We'll see which way he swings. Number four is our caboose. He was a major, major surprise to us and um, a huge bundle of joy. And I am just recently getting to understand his personality, and I would call him Mr. Adventure. If it gets you dirty, if it takes you far away from where you're supposed to be, and if it's dangerous, he wants to do it. So so he's all in, and I love that about him. I, um, I think that just the sheer numbers... Um, lead to chaos in our house, but it doesn't take numbers to get to chaos. When we had one, it was crazy, and now we have four, and it's even crazier. Um, this is a this is a picture that better shows our personalities as a family. The other one's like a Christmas card picture, so you can pretend like you have it all together and everyone smiles and is normal. And then this is like this is real. This is our family. We were playing we were playing cards one night, and we were trying to be card sharks. So. That's it. But um, I think we'll dive in if that's okay with you guys and we'll get to, to talking about chaos. And the definition of chaos is complete confusion and disorder, a state in which behavior and events are not controlled by anything. Can anybody relate to that definition? If not, I'm going to leave because this defines our family for sure. And when I look at this definition, I think about 
chaos in two different ways. I think there is large life-changing moments that lead to chaos, those fork-in-the-road moments where it's big. It's, it's a major thing that's leading to the chaos that's in your life. And then there's the day-to-day chaos, just the little things. Probably a lot of things that were shared this morning were, you know, getting here or diaper changes or spit up or something like that. Those kind of day-to-day, but they're just as chaotic and they're just as crazy. And, um, Our family definitely has had both of those. As far as the big chaos goes, um, three different things come to mind. Caleb was born with a heart defect. So at two weeks old, he had um, major heart surgery. And at the time, we lived in Tyler. And this surgery, of course, displaced us into Dallas for the time. And we lived in a hotel for a month and a half. My mom moved into the hotel room with us. We had Allie. She was 13 months old. And then we had a newborn that was... Um, in the hospital having heart surgery, I would say that was a major chaotic fork in the road type moment for our family. A second one is one of those that it's kind of like one of those things might not have been super chaotic moment, but all three of them together were. Um, if you'll see Caleb, he's our million dollar kid. Y'all, I can tell you stories all day of how much money he's cost us. Um, <laughs> He broke his leg when he was two, and then four days later, our house got struck by lightning, and then two days later, we realized that that lightning struck led to um, a pin-sized leak under the tile in our bathroom, which flooded half a bedroom and an entire bathroom. And I think that after that, after we knocked out the concrete on that bathroom floor, was one of those like face on the floor, I don't want to do it anymore, I'm out kind of moments, so I, I consider this a large moment or season of chaos for our family. And then the third one would be when we moved here to Dallas, which was just three years ago. We uprooted a family of six. We didn't even move that far. An hour and a half seems like it wouldn't be that difficult, but it was total nuts. We couldn't sell our house. So we lived here in a 500 square foot space, which I'm really grateful that we had a place to all be together. Behind that black dresser is where Griffin slept in a pack and play. This green thing in the corner on the side of the picture, that's Lance and I's uh, queen-size mattress on the floor where we slept. That little white closet right there is one of those little munchkin closets. Two boys slept inside of there. (laughs) And then behind me where I'm standing, there was um, just a kitchen countertop that had a sink and a dorm room fridge and another closet like that one where Allie slept. And that's how we lived for three months. And that was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Um, but despite all those things, when I look at them, I feel like, and I hope that somebody can, um, can give me a, a nod or an amen. For some reason, those big chaotic moments are easier to handle than the day by day ones. It's really wild to me how I look at those and those were crazy and they were hard, but it's almost like because they were so big, it was easy to be dependent on the Lord. It was easy to go, I can't do this. So I know I have to rely on you. But it's the day-to-day ones that actually shake me up and get me really confused. And, um, and, just, I, and I find myself not abiding anymore. And um, so those are the ones we're going to talk to today. And I brought a couple of pictures of those. Um, you know the moments where you're bribing your kids with many Reese's pieces to clean up the house because it's gotten so out of control. I'm like, for every item that you pick up and put away, I'm going to give you a mini Reese's pieces. This was my life. So these pictures I'm showing you are Instagram pictures of Mandy's real life. This was my day. That was the day. The next one, um, just the whole family being sick. Just when, you're, when your countertop's covered in medicine because five out of six of you are absolutely disgustingly sick. Um, this is one of my favorite Instagram pictures. Uh, the boy's toilet just overflowed. I'm on my way to Mexico. Good luck with everything. 
I sent that to my husband and he said, no, do you remember how sick we got in Mexico? Stay here. Good point. I'm going to Italy. And that was, that was a moment. Um, this one hiding in my room, I locked myself in my room, grabbed a Dr. Pepper and hid out there for a little while. Has anybody ever done that? Yes, that's because everybody's going crazy in my house and I just need a sip on this Dr. Pepper. Mom, what are you doing? I just need a minute. Just need a minute. And this next one is my all-time favorite. If you ate a big breakfast, don't look because that's not mud. That's poop. And I love that he's wearing that shirt because there's nothing better than poop all over your child there. It's good. It's good. Those are just some of mine. I know, right? Somebody will text me later this month and be like, that happened to me too. All right. Those are mine. Maybe your life is a little bit more like this. I want to read this to you guys. This is three minutes inside the head of my two-year-old. And this is going to give pause for you to go, that's why I'm crazy. This is why I'm crazy. Three minutes inside the head of my two-year-old. I want to play with daddy's phone. I want to put mommy's shoes on. Get mommy's shoes off my feet right now. I want to open and close the thermostat. I want to turn off that light. I want to turn it back on. Is there a phone in this room I haven't played with yet? I need to push some stinking buttons. I want to pick up that cat by his head. I want to throw the toothbrushes in the sink. Oh man, I'm starving. Cheddar bunnies. I hate fruit. I want out of my chair. I want to play with the iPad. I want to go outside. No, I'll just turn on the heat. I want to take my pants off. I don't like the shirt I'm wearing. I want to play with mommy's phone. I need to push more buttons right now. I'm thirsty, but not for that. Yes, a juice box. I'm going to squeeze it all over myself. Where's daddy? Where's the cat? Where's mommy? Seriously, where's mommy? Oh gosh, I think mommy left forever. Oh, okay. There she is. Oh, I'm going to play with her phone. Hungry again. Never mind. I just remembered I don't like taking my pants off. Wait, get them on. No, take them off. Stop taking my pants off. Wow, I'm starving. I want peas, but I don't want to tell anybody. Finally, peas. Now I'll throw them. Why do I still have these pants on? Oh, look, a new person. I wonder if they have a phone. I'm tired. No, I'm not tired. I want to go for a walk, but not outside. No, not inside either. I need to push some more buttons. I hate this diaper. My eyes itch. Wow, is that my toe? Stop trying to take my pants off. I hate these pants. This shirt itches. I'm tired. Stop asking me if I'm tired. Where's that toy that goes beep, beep, beep? I want to take a bath in my clothes. (laughs) Put on my favorite song. Where's the cat? What's up with my shirt? Did you just hear a dog bark? You did not just try to take my shirt off again. I want to see a dog. No, not outside. I want to see the dog inside. I peed. I'm bored. This is just a great example of why we're so crazy. Um, Anyhow, those are all just fun things. But I think um, today I want to give you a few um, things that have just helped make my life a little less chaotic. I'm not saying it's disappeared. I wish that were true, but it hasn't. But there's a few things, um, and I've only been parenting for nine and a half years, y'all, so I'm really new at this, and I'm still learning, and I'm excited to hear maybe some things that you guys have done to make your lives a little less chaotic. But here are just some that have helped me. Um, For those of you that are not chaos lovers, then you've probably been doing some of these and they might just be a good refresher. And then for others of you, um, you might learn something new. So I love that. Um, One of the things is just 
to wake up before your kids do. Just set your alarm. Just get up before your kiddos do. It sets your heart at a good spot. Instead of being woken up by the poke in the face or, you know, mom, I pooped my diaper or those kind of things. It's just so much more refreshing to wake up on your own. So I, I want to suggest that to you. And this one's kind of weird, but a, a woman that I love that mentored me for a long time, she um, gave me the suggestion and I've been doing it for a long time and she, I absolutely believe it's true. Um, get up and put your shoes on. Um, I went from full-time work to stay-at-home mom, and it's real easy with a baby to just sleep till the baby wakes up, or get up, nurse the baby, go back to bed, or and then just to continue that on. And um, and I just got to where I was really not productive. I wasn't using um, the time that God had given me wisely. And she was like, "You need to get up, you need to shower, and you need to put your shoes on. Get dressed all the way from your toes to your head." Um, doesn't mean you have to look good, and um, we don't have to go full makeup or anything. But she's right. When I keep my slippers on and when I stay in my robe. I look at Instagram a little bit longer. I have a second cup of coffee. I snuggle up on the couch and watch the cartoons. And don't get me wrong, there are days when that is necessary, but not every day. And so it really helps to get up and put my shoes on, get ready for the day. Um, Making plans. You don't have to stick to them, y'all, but it really helps to have one. And what I mean by this is anticipating needs. Um... Parking lots stress me out. That is when mommy loses it a lot of times because kids are talking and it's crazy and there's, it's dangerous. And, um, and so we started a, a Cisco family rule and it's called feet on the line. And, um, man, my kids don't, they don't break that rule that, and that has helped cut down on the chaos a lot. When I pull in a parking spot, I, I say it every time they've gotten to where they say it now, remember feet on the line and everybody piles out and I don't have to be worried because I know that they are going to go to that line that's right on the side of my car and their feet stop where the line stops and they don't go any further. And it's been a big help for me. So think about areas that are stressful for you and make a plan to, to not make them so stressful. Um, it's, it's really like nailing down the sticky spots. And um, more recently, the, the feet on the line was when my kids were a lot, lot younger. But now, more recently, three o'clock when my big kids get home from school has been really, really stressful for me. Um, they've been overstimulated all day, and I've got one at home that hasn't had anybody's to play with all day. And so the buddies come home and he wants to be with them and they want to be left alone. Homework has to be done. Everyone's starving. And it's gotten to where I've wanted to pull my hair out. And so I I just asked the Lord for wisdom. I said, this is a sticky spot for me, Lord. It's chaotic. And this is when I kind of lose it. And what would you have me to do? And he's just really encouraged me to set an alarm on my phone for 2.30 every day. And to pray for my kids, pray for those three that are at school, pray for the one that's at home, pray for me and my patience and my attitude. And um, it's made a huge difference. It really has. It's been, it's been amazing. So I just encourage you to look for those sticky spots and make a plan for, um, and ask the Lord for wisdom for how to deal with those. Um, this is an oldie but a goodie, but you got to create margin for your chaos. You're going to have chaos. It's going to be there. It doesn't matter if you have one kid or 10. Um, you will, you'll have chaotic moments. And so don't pack your schedule out. Don't pack your days out. Make margin for that. Um, this is really big. I feel like this gets taught from the nest stage a lot as far as um, teaching in the down moments. But um, I like to call it teaching on the offense instead of the defense. And um, basically, when my kids were little, the grocery store was another place where I thought I was going to absolutely flip my lid because it was just crazy. And I had a screamer. She, if she didn't get what she wanted or she didn't want to be there anymore, then she'd just scream. And that's a control thing because she's like, if I scream, then we can leave. And, um, and so I needed to... to come up with a plan that was going to keep us from doing that. And I realized that what helped was 
training her on the offense. So I made a plan. We're going to the grocery store today and I don't need anything, but she doesn't know that. And so we'd go to the grocery store and I'd pretend that I was going to get some stuff because I knew the screaming was about to come. And then I'd put her in the car and we'd go home and I would discipline her accordingly. That took about four times. And then she realized, oh my gosh, I'm not going to scream at the store anymore because mom just puts me in the car. We go home and I get disciplined. It doesn't work anymore because I broke her cycle. And, um, and I just think that Teaching in the offense really helps our kids to make good choices, and then we're not stressed out. See, if I needed 100 things at the grocery store, I couldn't stick her back in the car and go discipline her because then we wouldn't have what we needed. But on a down day when you don't have anything going on, think about when do my kids misbehave the most? Is it at the park that they do this and they run off? Well, then go to the park when you don't have anything else to do with the plan in mind that I'm going I'm to train on the offense and not the defense. We're just so much more emotionally invested when we're, we're playing defense as far as training goes. Um, I like to say to establish rhythm. By definition, rhythm is a strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement or sound. And that's what I like my house to be. A schedule is real rigid. And a, um, a rhythm has flexibility and it, and it moves and it ebbs with, with what's happening around you. And so I like to have a rhythm. A rhythm gives kids security. So there's some of you in here that you're real detailed and you're real scheduled. And so kind of with a, you got to loosen it up and let it be a rhythm instead of a schedule. And then there's some of you that are real loosey goosey and, um, and you just kind of want to fly by the seat of your pants, but there's some insecurity in that that leads to chaos for kiddos. Um, and then the last thing here is just to turn the mundane into meaningful. I've shared this with some of you guys at table time before, but the things that I can't stand, the laundry, the dishes, it just gets kind of out of control and crazy, but it has to be done. Somebody has to do it. And so just taking those opportunities to make it meaningful. When I do laundry, I like to pray for the person whose laundry I'm doing. So I'm folding those pants and I'm praying for that kiddo. I'm hanging Lance's shirts up in the closet and I'm praying for him. And when I do dishes, I started thinking, I hate this Lord. Like, what can I pray about when I do dishes? And he was like, Pray about how I can wash you clean of things. And so that's my time to confess my sins and to ask him, what are areas that I need to be working on? Where do I need to ask for forgiveness and, um, and seek your, your face in some of these areas of my life? And those, that has made those times precious to me instead of such a drudgery and such a drain. So um, those are some encouragements to help keep your house a little less chaotic. And I know that you guys have some too that I'm hoping you'll share with each other when we have table time in a little bit. But I would be amiss to give you just a whole bunch of tips and tricks from the Cisco home and not talk about the heart issue. And that's what the nest is really about, is just to talk about the heart behind abiding with Christ. Um, and today, the heart behind abiding in Christ in the midst of all this crazy that we've been talking about. So the Lord's really put on my heart. He's been talking to me and it's been really sweet. Um, four things that keep us from abiding with him during the chaos. So I'm going to speak to these four things. This is not an all-encompassing list. This is just what he's pointing out in my life, what's making it hard for me to abide. And so maybe it's making it hard for you to abide too. Hopefully it will be um, an encouragement to you. So the first problem that I see (coughs) in myself um, and maybe in some others is that we're obsessed with ourselves. This little I love me sign up here. Um, We're always asking ourselves, whether we're saying it out loud or not, as moms, we're always thinking, am I doing this right? Do I look like I have it all together? Should I do it a different way? How am I doing at that? How am I doing at this? And it's all about us and it's all about how we look. Um, 
And I want to encourage us that maybe we should just stop striving for that self-sanctification. We're trying to get better. We're trying to make ourselves better. We're trying to, to purify or make ourselves more righteous. And sanctification is to make yourself more pure. You can't do that for yourself. That Christ already did that for you. So we can stop spinning our wheels and stop trying to gain that self-sanctification and kind of let loose of that for a minute. But on the flip side of that... This is this one's a little touchy because it kind of stung me when the Lord shared it with me. So I'm sorry if I step on some toes. But on the flip side is that I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. I do so much for this family. Doesn't anybody else see everything that I do? I deserve a pedicure, a glass of wine, a bowl of ice cream. You fill in the blank with what you've said to yourself before. And y'all, this is me. I'm speaking to myself here. Um, Even last week, somebody said, I should have a really hard time balancing how selfless to be and then how much to take care of myself. And I poured through the scripture. I can't really find anywhere where it talks about preserving energy for yourself or preserving time for yourself. There's a lot about taking time away to be with Christ, taking time away to be alone with him, taking time to be recharged by him, but not, not just for me. And even in the life of Christ and watching him, the only times that he walked away from the crowd were to be with the father. So we've got it, we've got it a little wrong and a little backwards on both ends of the spectrum. And so my encouragement is not to swing towards self-sanctification. Let me try to make it better. Let me try to do this better. Let me try to do da, 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 and not... I deserve this, I should get this, I want this. But right there in that sweet spot in the middle of just abiding with him and being right there with him and basically stripping ourselves down so that he can be seen. We don't want people to see like how hard we're striving or how much we're not getting. We want people to see Christ in us. I um, had the opportunity, my husband's been working on a... um, on some beds for the neighbors. They're actually done now. But um, funny story, Lance is a perfectionist. He's really good at woodworking, but he's also a perfectionist. And they asked him to make platform beds. She went and picked out the stain, brought it to us, and he wanted it to be just perfect. So he stained all the boards before he built the bed. And then he put it together. And then she came over and she hated the color. So... We went out and bought a belt sander and we spent hours and hours and hours of time to strip the wood of the color that we stained it back down to the original wood. And y'all, this is a labor of love for sure. But um, more than that, I just love that the Lord was speaking to me in that moment. I was out there with that belt sander. My arms were burning. It was hard work. But it was funny to watch, just to watch that color chip away and to watch that original wood show through. And that's what John 3.30 is talking about when, he said, when, when they say, he must increase, I must decrease. I love that. And I loved that, that image that the Lord was showing me. Is this what I want for you? Start stripping away the you in this so that I can show through and I can, I can shine. The second problem that I see this makes it hard for me to abide is our expectations are just off. Even the, uh, Allison's going to laugh at me, but even the title of this talk was supposed to be beautiful chaos. And I really kicked against it because I was like, it's not beautiful. It's not. And it's not supposed to be. And if you go to church here, you know, you're getting kicked in the face by Todd Wagner every week saying, 
stop thinking it's supposed to be beautiful because it's not. Like, it's supposed to be hard. There are going to be trials. And, um, you know, he's been sharing out of John. And John 16, 33, you will have trouble. It's there. And so um, he can redeem things and he can make things beautiful. But we don't have to expect our chaos to be a pretty thing. It's okay to go. It's not pretty. It's just not. Um, one of the ways that I've been hanging on to this is, um, is the word let. And um, by, by definition, let says don't prevent, don't forbid, allow, permit, grant the right to. And so when I started looking at where this word pops up in the scripture, that's our part. The let is our part. We have to allow it. We have to let it happen. Mark 834, I'm going to read a bunch of verses real quick. But Mark 834, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. John 14, 27, let not your hearts be troubled. Peace I leave you. Philippians 2, 4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Colossians 3, 15, <clears throat> excuse me, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And that's just, that's just a start. There's so many more places in the New Testament where you're going to find let. And that's the word that I've been hanging on to because I have to allow it and let it happen. Does anybody want to sing, let it go now? Y'all just want to start a chorus in that. Um, because our expectations are off and we want things to look a certain way, but the Lord is saying, let, let, and let in these different areas and in these different ways. Um, and this is just a little side note. It didn't really fit anywhere in the talk, but I think it's totally prevalent to us today. We're allowing social media to guide our expectations on what we should look like. And we need to put a, a major halt to it. Um, we're, we're looking at pictures of things and we're on blogs and we're, you know, flipping through Facebook and Instagram. And we, that's what we're allowing to be our measuring stick of what things should look like in our families and in our homes and even for us as moms. And it just shouldn't be so, um, because he gives us a great blueprint of what things should look like. And there's so much more hope found in his word than is found online. And you know, you guys could really make a huge shift in that. You start posting pictures that don't look so perfect anymore. And you start being honest about what things really look like in your house. And what you're going to find is a lot of people that go, I'm so glad. Thank you. Thank you for showing me that and letting me know that that's, that that's happening in your home too, because it's happening in mine. And I think that we should be helping other women and other moms realize like, this is real life. It's not pretty, but it's, it's my life. And the Lord's still in control. So the third thing is, um, we're fooling ourselves most of the time. Um, typically when things, I, I mean, maybe y'all wouldn't admit to this, but, um, I'll admit to it. Um, when things are going well and when things look good, it's real easy to be like, yeah, things, things are going well and things are good and way to go, Mandy. Like, you're such a good mom. You got it all together with your four kids and they're all crazy, but they're behaving. And I mean, even this week I was out of town for a little bit and I got this text message from my mother-in-law and she said, they are such angels. I'm having so much fun with them. They're behaving so well. And for a split second, I was like, my kids. 
And then I was like, yeah, I like kids, you know, I wanted to take credit for that. And that's not my credit to have. Um, cause newsflash, we aren't in control. Um, one of my favorite verses is Colossians 1 It says he goes before all things and in him, all things hold together. So on those days where things are going well and everyone's behaving and making good choices and we're, we're making the right choices and being patient and being kind and responding well, it's cause he's holding it together. We're not, but we fool ourselves into thinking that. And I thought it was funny too, when you go back to that definition of chaos and when it says, cause nothing is in control as believers, we can never say our life is chaotic because somebody is in control of our life. God is in control of our life. So we can't even use that as a descriptor for our own life. If we're going off the definition from earlier, um, y'all often, we just wake up, we, we wake up, we put our feet on the floor, we check our to-do list and we get going and we just don't acknowledge that he's in control and that he's a sovereign and that he's planned the day before us. And so part of it is just waking up and going, okay, I acknowledge that you're in control of my day, Lord. What would you have me do with this day that you've given me? Um, Psalm 115.3, but our God is in the heavens and he does what he pleases. And Paul in Hebrews reminds us all the time to fix your eyes on Jesus. And so we need to be looking for his hand throughout the day. Allie used to make fun of me when I was, uh, when she was little. I did this with a whole bunch of different things, but this is when the conversation came up and she said, we were running behind doing, it was, you know, one of those crazy moments and things were going nuts. And there was a parking spot, like right in front of the grocery store. It was right there. And I pulled in and I said, Oh, thank you, Lord, for the spot. We needed a quick in. And she said, mom, the Lord did not give you that parking spot. And I laughed and I said, you know, he's in the details of our day. And I can see that as a gift from him in this moment. Um, and so now she looks for those things, like just funny things that happen or a song that comes on the radio at just the right moment. And that is a gift from the Lord. I love um, Sunday McDonald. She's part of this Nest team and she's always looking for those hearts. Y'all have seen her post them on the Nest Facebook page and those little hearts pop up everywhere. And she tells her kids that is a reminder of God's love and it's not there on accident. It was there to remind you of that today. And, um, and I love that we have the opportunity to share that with our kids for them to acknowledge his hand in our life and the day to day. Because the fact is that if we have a hard time seeing God's hands in the calm of our days, it's going to be a whole lot harder to see his hand in the chaos of our days. So we want to use those opportunities when things are going well to look for his hand. And the last little point here, the last problem that I was seeing is that we have spiritual amnesia. (laughs) We have spiritual amnesia. When Lance and I were first married, we'd been married three months. He was a college pastor at the time. We were living in Oklahoma and he had decided to go play flag football with some of the guys. And, um, it was real late and I was a teacher at the time. So I went to bed and then there was a knock on the door about 1130 and I was like, that's weird. And I went to the door, actually looked out the little window and Lance is standing there with three college guys. And I thought, that's so strange. You have a key to your own house. Just walk in the door and where's your car? This is so bizarre. And I opened the door and he's standing there with this dumb grin on his face. And I was like, Hello. And the guys, he didn't say a word. And three guys behind him, one of them goes, and Mrs. Cisco, we have a little problem. I think Lance has a concussion. And I was like, what? Okay, come in. Everybody come in, you know. And Lance starts to walk around our house like he's never been there before. And he starts picking up pictures that he thinks he's never seen before. And he was like, uh, the first one he picked up was a wedding photo. And he goes, we got married? 
August 24th, 2002. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Three minutes later. So we got married August 24th, 2002. Uh Uh-huh. Two hours every three minutes. So we got married August 24th, 2002. Yes, we still did that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Did it three minutes ago. Yes, yes, we've been married. And uh, the story does not have that great of an ending because we ended up in the ER. But, um, but that, that's what I think of as far as our spiritual life goes because we can't seem to remember the promises and we can't seem to remember um, who we are and who God is. This is that's, those are two questions we ask our kids all the time. In fact, I just asked them of Allie last night. She had a soccer game and she's crying on the sidelines. And I said, what's up? She said, those girls are talking mean about me on the field. I said, who are you and whose are you? Because nothing they can say can hurt you in this moment if you know who you are and whose you are. And those are two questions we ask all the time. Our time in the Word is crucial to that. We aren't going to know the answers to those two questions unless we dive into God's Word. And everything in here reminds us of those two things. Um, Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. And then it goes on in that chapter to say, they are like a plant... Like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And I want to be described as that kind of woman. I want to be described as a mom whose fruit is being produced in her and who is not withering. Um, But I'm not going to be described as that. The Lord um, is only going to be able to do that in my life if I am diving into his word. Um, Psalm 90, 14 says, Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. Um. We've got to be in his word. We can't remember who we are and we can't remember who he is and what his promises to us are unless we're reading it. And it doesn't just have to come in his word, but I know last month they talked about that Spotify station, the songs of the valley. Uh, mu- fill your home with music. Litter your house with scripture. It's, it, you surround yourself with it so that you have that reminder. Um, I gave you a little chart when you walked in. This is something that I keep in my Bible and you're going to need another one if you just stay in God's word for a week. You could fill that page up and you would need another one. But every time that you're in God's word, no matter what Bible study you're doing or where you choose to read or if you're doing the journey, you can fill that chart up with scripture that reminds you of those two things. And you're going to need it because there's going to be some days where you go, I don't remember. I don't know anymore. And you're going to have to pull it out and look at it. And that has also been such a blessing with our children for Allie to have started her own chart and for her to go, okay. This is what God's word is showing me, and this is what I can remember. Um, when we aren't sure of those two things, our mind, this, I always describe it like this. I feel like our mind sometimes is like wild horses, and they don't have any reins. They don't have any way to control them sometimes. And the, when I feel that way is when I can't remember these two things. I can't remember who I am. I can't remember who God is. And so then my mind just feels just whipped, just one direction and another. And so I, I want for myself. And I would hope that you guys would want to put reins on that, on that mind of yours and on my mind and, um, and give it a direction to go and tell it where to go. Think about, um, think about what you're thinking about. Sometimes we just let it run. We just let it run and we let it run and we let it run and we don't think about, oh my goodness, for two hours, I've been analyzing that conversation with that other mom about what my kid did. And I need to turn this into a conversation with the Lord. And, um, Is what I'm thinking about true? 
Is what I'm thinking about beneficial? And should this be a conversation I'm having with the Lord and not a conversation I'm having with myself? Which is where I find myself a lot. Just having these conversations with myself. And then I'm like, wait, this conversation isn't even true. And I need to be asking the Lord these things. Turn your questioning, your worrying, your analyzing into a conversation with the Lord. And think about what you're thinking about. Um, One of the really sweet parts about being a mama is all the fun things that we get to buy our kids, you know? And then we go, oh, that was such good truth for me. Um, Like the Jesus Storybook Bible, when that thing came out, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this, you know? And we just bought um, Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing. I mean, it's been out for a while, but we just bought it for our kids for Easter. And we've been reading one every day before school. And I thought this one is perfect. It's exactly what I'm talking about. If you... um, if you feel spiritual amnesia coming on, this one's based off of Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. These words of mine in my heart and in your soul. And she's saying, treasure these words in your mind and in your heart and in your soul. And it says, real short, it says, what words does God want you to treasure in the deepest part of you? Because think about it, y'all. What things did you say to yourself on the way here this morning? Oh, I'm so bad at this. Oh. I could have done that better. Oh, I, I just yelled. I just yelled at him, and I shouldn't have. Or I don't know what it was. I don't know what you were thinking, but I hope it was this. What words does God want you to treasure in the deepest parts of you? Is it "be good," "do better," "try harder"? Are those the words that God wrote in the Bible for us to rescue us and to free us? No. Those words only show us what we can't do. The words God wants us to remember are just three small words. I love you. They are the words that stop the terrible lie that Satan whispered to Eve in the garden. God doesn't love you. They are the words that heal the poison in your hearts that stop you from trusting God. They are the words that Jesus came to tell us with his whole life. They are the words he died to prove. What words will you choose to treasure today? Isn't that awesome? I, we've, got to, we've got to hang on to and realize um, what we're telling ourselves. Because sometimes we're saying it over and over and over again and it isn't even true. Um, I read something the other day that kind of inspired me to write this and um, made me think about just this name tag. Um, that picture, that name tag that had up there with the question mark because... Feel so lost sometimes when we don't know who we are. And part of the problem is that we're looking for who we are in all the wrong places, you know? And so uh, we ask, who am I? And we expect our jobs to tell us. But then we realize that we're easily replaceable in the world's economy and we suddenly feel lost. We ask, who am I? And we expect our homes to tell us. But our homes quickly become out of control, unmanageable. And falling short of that picture-perfect expectation. We ask, who am I? And we expect our children to tell us. But our children leave us disappointed, sometimes angered, or even basking in a false sense of accomplishment in something the Lord is doing in them and not, in fact, us. We ask ourselves, who am I? And we expect our possessions to tell us. But our possessions leave us with a hole of dissatisfaction that can never be quenched. You guys, you could fill in the blank. There's more to be said there. There are more things that we look for and we go, oh, who am I? Am I this? Am I that? Um, But at the end of the day, we are only who God created us to be. And we can only know who that is if we're in his word. I got a runny nose now. Um, Everybody take a sip of coffee. We're still on the couch, right? 
What's our response going to be to the chaos around us, y'all? There's only two options. We're either going to abide with Christ or we're going to totally blow up. And I've done both and probably and, and will continue to do both. And the reminder that when we do choose to abide, isn't that funny? I love that. It's been lovely, but I'm going to scream now. Yeah, I think I might post this in my house because it made me laugh out loud. Allison and I were talking about, uh, I like to, I've been recently when I feel stressed out, I've just been throwing the word holla out. I'll just go holla. Then my kids will all be like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but it's kind of been my new favorite thing to do. And, um, you know, Allie will be like, I can't find my homework. Holla. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever keeps us all laughing. So, um, that's been mine. But just to remember that when we do choose to abide, that it's only because of the grace that God's given us. That's the only reason that we did it well in that moment. It's because he lavished it down on us. And let's face it, we are going to blow it. I blow it every day with my kids. So what do we do when we blow it? Um, we have to humble ourselves and ask forgiveness. Um, I blew it not too long ago with, my, um, with all my kiddos, really, but it impacts the oldest because we can have these kind of conversations. You know, I've got, I've got some old enough that we can have spiritual... Con- <laughs> Actually, I have all of mine are old enough because Griffin the other day said, Mommy, Jesus says to be kind. <laughs> and I went, mm-hmm. And Jesus says, obey your mommy and daddy. <laughs> yeah. So you work on that one and I'll work on this one. So it's pretty funny. So they're actually all old enough to have these conversations now. But, um, but this particular time, I had gone on a girls' weekend, had a blast, okay? Ate whatever I wanted to, stayed up as late as I wanted to, slept in as long as I wanted to, talked about whatever I wanted to. My parents made every single meal or took me out. And um, I just had a really good time. And then I came back Sunday night, and Monday morning was the icing day. Nobody went to school. And I woke up and thought, you've got to be kidding me. I didn't, I, and I, in all honesty, had the worst attitude ever and made it clearly apparent to my children that today did not go the way I wanted it to, and so I'm going to sulk in it and be a real rotten mom. And I did it all day. I mean, I bared down. I, like, held that bad attitude all day long. And Allie and I were button heads all day long. And I finally crawled in bed with her that night, and I said, Hey, baby girl, um, we've been, we've been button heads all day. And she said, Uh-huh. And I said, um, I think it's my fault. And her face, she goes... I said, I'm, I'm just really, really sorry. I, um, and I told her, I told her all the same things I told you. I said, I had such a good time this weekend. I said, you need to know that mommies need a break. Sometimes they need a break to do fun things with their friends and have a good time. Just like you like to go and have a good time and get out of the routine. And I said, but I would never want you to think that I would rather be doing that than be with you. And that's what I told you today with my attitude and my actions. I told you that I would rather be quiet and have lots of freedom than be hanging out with you today. And she was like, "Uh uh-huh. And I said, so will you please forgive me? And we had this really great conversation. I'm going to tear up a little bit because she said, mommy, I forgive you. She said, I get it. And we, we, we got to talk for a while, and, um, but that was humbling for me to be like, listen, we've been butting heads and I want to blame you because you're an easy out and you're only nine and I could probably get away with it, but, um, but it's my fault and I want to take credit for it. Um, 
The thing that we want to let our kids know is that we will disappoint them. We want them to know that. I'm going to disappoint you, but Jesus never will. And that's what I tried to tell her that day. It's like, I'm disappointing. I want, I want to be the perfect mom. I want to do it all right, but I'm not going to. And I want you to know that, that I'm struggling and, and pressing on in Christ just like I want you to. And um, so it was a really good conversation. Romans 5.20 says, where sin increased, grace increased all the more. And I love that. Uh, John 1.16 said, from his fullness, we receive grace upon grace. And what's really funny about that moment with Allie is she has a little mommy-daughter devotional. We're not super consistent, so let me just not give that vibe out. Um, We probably read it twice a week. Um, But she takes it to school. It's real cute. She takes her Bible and her mommy-daughter devotional to school every day. And she... um, she came in the next day after that conversation. She goes, Mom, I read this Devo, and I, th- I think you want to read it. And it was all about how uh, the Lord forgives us and, um, and casts um, our, uh, forgives us as far as the east is from the west. It was that scripture. And she read me the whole Devo, and she said, doesn't that make you feel better? <laughs> I was like, yeah, it does. But sometimes we don't. We hang on to that guilt. A whole, whole lot. We need to let it go. The gospel frees us up to reveal our weaknesses. And we don't need to just reveal them to our children, but we need to reveal them to our community groups and, and either, even just other moms. Um, there's nothing better than having a great, real conversation with a total stranger at the park to be like, I am a weak and broken person. Because what, what the gospel does for us in that moment is it frees us up to share how big God is because we are so weak. And so, um, so I just want to encourage you guys in your responses, when, when we blow it, use that for him. We blow it, but look how great he is. Look how wonderful he is. It just points back to him. Um, so the big, so what, um, what I'm learning and what I'm trying to share and communicate and hope that I did is that, um, I believe that I can abide better with Christ when I make more of him and less of me. I expect things to be crazy. I acknowledge that he's in control of my days. And I know who I am and whose I am. Those are kind of the four things that the Lord's really been beating home in me. It's like, you will abide better if these four things are in place. So would you guys want to chat about it with the people sitting next to you? Y'all have some awesome women sitting next to you that are experiencing chaos in their own lives, that are struggling to abide with Christ just like you are. And I would love for y'all to have open dialogue where you share your weaknesses and you share where the Lord has been faithful and you just have a really good conversation about it. So get, get after it. I've got some questions up there to help guide your, your time. <laughs>